I'm just all right. I'm a little low energy. I think, uh, I think I'm just a little anxious, you know? I, I Whenever I get anxious, I'm never that, like, energetic, whatever. I'm more that, like, malaise, you know? Anyways, I'm anxious, uh, so I, I heard back from uh, that job, and I ended up getting the final round interview, so that's uh, uh, stupidly exciting. I, uh, my interview is on Thursday. It's about four hours long, and so I'm a little nervous about that, um, but I think, you know, truthfully speaking, I'm, I'm more confident, competent than I think that I am inside of my brain. And I think that just goes to the whole idea of like not feeling like you're ever like good enough. And that whole idea of imposter syndrome, which is definitely like very, very, very prevalent inside of the industry that I am in where, you know, honestly, everyone just feels like a fucking idiot. Like there's no engineer who knows what the fuck that they're doing. And, and by, by that, I mean like will admit that they know what the fuck they're doing. Right. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's like we, we study for so many for, for so long. We we build all these projects. We, you know, uh, learn as much as we can, because ultimately, at the end of the day, computer programming isn't about code necessarily. I mean, obviously, it's about code, but it's more about the problem solving. And it's more about the people who like to solve issues. Like for me, I always grew up, you know, playing Legos. I grew up playing Minecraft. I play, you know, I, I, I grew up doing, you know, watching Linus Tech Tips or stuff like that. I, you know, I think it would actually be interesting. Uh, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I say this through my interviews, but maybe it'll be, it'll, it'll be good to kind of give a brief background on my coding. Um, and I was actually talking to a good friend of mine about um, kind of the idea of college kind of sucks. You know, personally for me, most of my family is like pretty successful and I think a total of three people went to college two people went to bible college (laughs) the last person went to college well into their career um kind of like I mentioned uh previously to just kind of say fuck you to the people around her um and so I'm I'm a big proponent of college doesn't really do anything and I, I I'm really glad that a lot of Industries are moving more towards that like trade schooly type and and especially like with the internet nowadays Why the fuck do you need college? Why the fuck do you need a outdated textbook and and old ass professors who don't know what the fuck they're doing And all this shit like it, it, it doesn't make any sense. So growing up. I, I, I don't know if I mentioned it before um, but I, I've always been a huge fan of video games and it's kind of sad nowadays where I, I don't know if you guys ever gotten to this point of your life where you're so excited to play video games, but you just can't muster the energy to actually be entertained by it. You know, you'll just sit there at the, you know, the library and be like, okay, I'm going to play like for me, you know, I've always liked uh, black ops zombies or whatever. Cause I grew up playing that. And so I'll be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to load up into a zombies game. It's going to be amazing. Within five minutes. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, man? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I really wish that I can go back and like play a game for the first time or, you know, you know, just stuff like that and, and be really excited about gaming because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very invested and and kind of what's helped me more now um, is, you know, watching YouTube and kind of, you know, almost playing vicariously, um, you know, with some old school, you know, zombies, YouTubers like Node J456 and like Mr. T Lexify and stuff like that. Um, but kind of, kind of going back. So my dad, uh, ended up getting me an original Xbox, uh, to play together. Um, when I was about four, um, I think I was four, it it was around that age and, and we played Halo Combat Evolved and we ended up playing Halo throughout the entirety of my childhood up until Halo 3 ODST, right? So that was, that was a super, you know, fundamental, it, it was a great learning experience. It was a great bonding experience with my dad. Um, and, you know, honestly, we had a decent relationship um, growing up, but my, he actually, you know, just went through uh, the death of his dad about, um, about eight, eight months or so before I was born. Um, my uh, grandpa, Al, he uh, ended up dying of ALS, um, you know, while my mom was like one month pregnant. And so he didn't actually uh, know about me, but you know, I've, I've heard he's a good man. He was, you know, self-made man. He was a millionaire living off, you know, 20 K a year. 
just riddled with anxiety. I think he always carried, uh, I don't know. It was like some dumb amount of money. It was like, he always carried $5,000 worth of cash on him at like any time. You know, he, 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 you know, created his own, uh, he, he was a, a farmer. He, you know, had cows and stuff. Like my dad, uh, grew up, you know, raising cattle and he can name off literally any cow breed uh just by looking at them it's really fucking weird but you know everyone has their own thing um and then they also had a furniture store and you know he did a lot of like uh development like construction and and property owning uh you know i think a huge part of my growing up in my you know financial literacy or fluency or whatever the fuck um really came through the idea of always having multiple avenues of income and and really diversifying your portfolio or some gay shit. Um, but you know, kind of kind of moving forward, you know, my me and my dad have a lot better relationship now. Um, but you know, growing up, he wasn't the most communicative and the most emotionally not you know I, I emotionally unavailable, and it, it's no fault to his own. And he's he's done a lot of work uh, since then, but that's what made, you know, playing Halo with him like so much more important because I was able to, you know, bond with him in that. And then later on, uh, you know, playing football, I was able to, you know, bond with him on that and, 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 you know, really just become closer. But, you know, we always played, <laughs> we played through the entire campaigns, uh, on heroic difficulty. Um, and, you know, I still remember the final mission of Halo 3 is, you know, one of the best things I've ever played, you know, when you're driving in those warthogs while everything's exploding around you is just fantastic. But, you know, that really cemented my love of technology. And ever since a kid, I've always been able to fix the internet, fix the TV just by, you know, fiddling around with it. And I, I just always was very naturally gifted i mean i hate the word gifted but I, w I was i was very naturally inclined to be able to work with technology and i really loved it and i was extremely passionate about it and to this day i mean obviously i'm making it my career now um but you know kind of kind of moving forward i ended up getting my you know playing consoles and all that stuff i ended up uh getting my uh first pc um when i was i think 10 I, it was on either my birthday or christmas you know around 10 it was like some shitter fucking PC. It had integrated graphics. It ran Minecraft on low with, you know, no render distance with like 30 FPS. And goddamn, did I still fucking play? I loved Minecraft. I, it's probably one of my most played games of all time. Besides maybe League of Legends, I, I honestly, it's a top contender uh, between those two games. But I, I think it's kind of interesting because something that really sparked my love of coding was redstone and retrospectively looking back redstone is really similar to like fundamental computer science um stuff uh, especially you know you have your your uh your logic gates and stuff like that and with modded minecraft it becomes a lot more complicated with that but it, it really sparked my curiosity and at the time too you know watching linus tech tips and and you know wanting to build my own pc uh, and stuff like that. And I actually saved money uh, for a while, but I wasn't able to actually like save the money until I got a first job uh, like eight years down the road uh, when I was like uh, 17 or 18. I don't really remember. Um, I actually worked at PacSun. Uh, that company is an absolute piece of shit, but <laughs> there's, there's some cool people there. Growing up playing video games, it was very fundamental to me. And it really locked in that idea of my love of technology. And from there, I knew that I wanted to do game dev. I, I wanted to make video games as, you know, I think every kid wants to, at some point in their life, uh, make video games. Um, and at the time too, being diagnosed with Crohn's, I actually wanted to become a, a gastroenterologist, which is, you know, the doctor, the specialist that I see uh, for specifically like Crohn's, colitis, colon cancer you know, just, just stuff that deals with your asshole. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, it, I think that more came down to like, uh, a whole idea of like a hero complex and more that route of things. And I realized that I didn't actually want to do that to any degree. That sounds like fucking hell. And so I'm, I'm glad I really stuck to my actual passion. Um, 
but you know, moving forward, like I, I did like some like scratch courses in middle school. I did some game dev class in, I think freshman or sophomore, I think it might've been sophomore year. Actually, I took a HTML CSS class with a little bit of JavaScript, but it was like, we're using God, what's that? It's, it's, it's not Squarespace, but it's like the, the one before it starts with like a W it's like web webly web web something i mean it's it's similar to kind of it, it was the archaic version of what squarespace is today of you're basically just creating your own website but you can have widgets and plugin and it's way less coding than anything else i mean there's barely any coding you're basically just drag and dropping um but it, it was it was good to kind of introduce that whole idea and funny enough i actually hated I hated <laughs> web dev at the time because I realized that HTML and CSS, they're not actually coding languages. They're so fucking boring. And it's more of like the building blocks. And if you don't know, HTML is what makes a website. So for each text on the website, you'll have a div or a paragraph. If you actually go to Google Chrome and press F12 on your, um, on your computer, you're going to see like this whole ass technical stuff but that elements where it says like html and stuff like that that's um that's html and you can see your body you can see your head you can have your div and you can actually go through and uh edit everything uh, but i i think that's more commonly known nowadays with inspect element um and then you know uh css the thing on the right with styles at least on my screen um, that's what makes it all look pretty and, and all the colors and, and the sizing and the aligning and, and, and fonts and whatever. So moving forward, I didn't actually do uh, a lot of stuff in between that time because I, I ended up moving uh, down to California from Washington. Um, I was also still super sick at the time and super depressed. Kind of sticking to anything was really hard to find that drive and to find that passion and and will and hope to actually move forward but you know as as things got a little bit better not not anywhere close better but near the end of my high school i uh my, my friends actually uh jason block and god i feel like a dick for not knowing his name tyler i think it was tyler ah fuck i'm so sorry man <laughs> i know exactly who you are we we're friends but I'm so sorry. Um, but I, I was taking uh, uh, AP psychology and I hated it. And so I dropped out and they were able to convince me like, dude, just take the computer science class. And I was like, okay, for sure. And so I dropped out like three days after school started and, and, and went to do that class. And I was so confused. I felt like a fucking idiot. I felt like, oh my God, this is not for me. Everyone else is so much smarter than me. And I'm so fucking stupid. And I then realized everyone felt that way. And <laughs> I was actually, you know, able to pick it up really fast. And I was one of the, I, we, it's funny, we called it the four. We had um, uh, Ruchit, we had Savan, and we had uh, Sam, uh, including myself. And we were the ones who really, who, who really loved computer science. And, and I think we're all kind of going into that field. I know Savan is working as a, uh, a wet or like an applications developer in Kotlin. Sam's in college, and I have no idea where Ruchit is. Um, but I, he was making literally viruses, and he's a genius when it comes to that type of stuff. So I'm sure he's already an engineer or working really hard to get his computer science degree. Probably skipping, you know, some grades and stuff like that. Super brilliant kid. But you know, kind of moving forward. Uh, I loved it. You know, we did Java, we did all of our fundamentals and, you know, shout out Mr. Uh, Landfried. Uh, he was a fantastic teacher. I couldn't, I can't say enough about him, but he really inspired, you know, everyone to, to love, you know, what we're doing. And there was a lot of kids who just didn't give a fuck, but you know, it, it was good for, you know, kids like us who really had that passion, but didn't know how to even start and, and having that super solid fundamental basis. And also like, dealing with a lot of people and like uh you know my friends like i said before or whatever <laughs> they were all super cool and, and and we really pushed each other and it was just such intellectuals and and very smart people and you know moving forward we actually ended up uh going to a uh hackathon riverside county of education if you want to look it up uh we are the 
RCOE 2019 programming competition winners for teams we placed first um and that was really fun we we did it it was like a hacker rank solving like algorithm problems and 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 whatnot and passing the test cases and we were i I, (laughs) it was so funny uh so we weren't actually like first overall we were actually first in teams but we were one test one or two test cases off of getting everything right and then we would actually be at the very top because we were like one test case behind one of the solo people um and literally we had the solution and we were coding it as fast as we can and if we had maybe a minute and a half longer we would have had that test case uh, assuming everything went correctly but that's a that's a whole nother idea so moving forward we actually attended another one and i'm not going to talk about that one because at uh, cal poly pomona those motherfuckers were smart as shit and uh i dude i i mean i couldn't even compete the the problems were so i'm sure i can do a lot better now what i know but you know you have to realize like i was just getting into actual programming and and understanding that type of stuff um but i ended up graduating uh high school me and savan we worked on a few projects together actually we we first um, made this like Java um, CRM system, which is a customer relation something. I don't know. Um, basically, we just like made a thing where people can sign up for this art class and it'll keep their like sessions left and whatever. It's terrible. It's awful. But it was able to actually promote the idea of doing. We actually did this during uh, during high school itself. But it was able to kind of transition from that algorithmic side to more to more of the project-based uh, programming, uh, which was really beneficial and kind of got that gear shift of what programming can actually be instead of just like some fun, like sorting, like whatever, but to actually transition to that and like, holy fuck, I'm actually making something cool. And we uh, we ended up, you know, moving forward after high school, we ended up uh, coding a uh, add-on for Gary's Mod, which if you don't know, it's like some Half-Life 2 you know, whatever the fuck on Steam where, uh, I mean, it's super popular. You can just look it up, but we ended up uh, coding it in Lua. It took us off and on, I think about seven months to complete. It was like 10,000 lines of code. The code is fucking disgusting. And, and I'm literally embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed of the code. Um, but, you know, it ended up working out for the best and uh, we, were, we were able to deploy it. We, we made this like shop system um, and the whole idea of, um, of wanting to do this was to make a fully customizable, uh, shop add-on for, you know, server admins where they can change the model, they can change the animation, they can change, um, the spawn locations, the map, the, the prices, the inventory, you know, whatever, uh, even the models of the guns. Um, and, and so that, that was a lot of fun, uh, Savan, who I did it with uh, ended up doing more of the front end, and I did more of the back end. Like it was, it was built in uh, Lua. It was actually G Lua, which was a um, kind of a library used by the creator of Gary's Mod to code it out based on Lua, which is like a language that Roblox uses. If <laughs> if if uh, that's interesting to you, um, but then I used uh, MySQL, which I fucking hate SQL. But, you know, it's, it's, I have an interview tomorrow with a company uh, that uses MySQL. So, you know, there's, there's that, you know, the two languages that I don't really love, and, and this is controversial, because a lot of people love Python. I think it looks fucking disgusting. I hate, I hate coding in Python so much. Like, I, I, I love JavaScript. I learned Java first, and so the syntax is very similar. Um, and Java is a fucking shitter language, and C++, I hate it even worse. But Python, it just looks messy to me, man. And you can do so many cool things, but I just hate the look of it, and so I fucking hate the language. <laughs> and it's also, it's 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 more, you. I mean, in a lot of data science, you use Python with, like, NumPy and, and, and pandas and whatever, which is just like statistical graphs and stuff like that. Actually with this interview tomorrow, I think it's a data engineering position for a stupid amount of money, but you know, I'm, I'm not thrilled about it just because I'm really more passionate about like web dev. Like I really like web dev cause I still have that creative side of me, um, instead of just like the data driven, whatever. But you know, obviously I'm going to take whatever the fuck I can get. I'm, I'm really hoping that I can get this job 
on Thursday, which is like the the salary is great. The um the team is fucking amazing. I I, I love the people. They're so fucking cool. And I, I get to work from home and I get to, you know, I, I live with my stepsister and brother-in-law and I'm able to actually like save up money and, and it's really cheap and my my expenses are very low. You know, my medical expenses are a little high, but uh, besides that, you know, I'm able to really make a career for myself. And this is kind of the, kind of what all my anxiety is coming off of is, <sighs> I mean, it's scary, man. I mean, this this is the most important thing. I mean, I mean, this is the starting off career for genuinely the rest of my life until I retire. You know, this this would be the job to take me from that, you know, teenager job or whatever to an actual career, and and that's really exciting and also extremely terrifying. But kind of moving forward, so I I ended up uh, attending community college. I got like two two years free tuition. And then I just torrented all the other textbooks. So I didn't really pay much for college. I, I only paid, you know, the $100 here, $100 there for like the homework codes for, you know, some of the classes, but you know, that's a whole scam and, and I hate college and eh, whatever. Um, but you know, there, I, I, I talked about it a little bit where I absolutely hated it. My calculus class, I, the dude was really smart, but I just, I found myself stagnating. I found myself just getting bored and and not not applying myself and not challenging myself and I, I hated that and so you know at the time too I was in a um kind of like I briefly mentioned I was in an abusive relationship I think I, I just really wanted to be able to have the ability to move out and have the ability to like I don't have to rely on fucking anyone and I can just do what I need to do. Like if I wanted to live alone, I can. If I wanted to move, I can. If I wanted to, you know, have that. I've always had a lot of financial anxiety and I still do. Um, and I'm still kind of weird about money, but that's mostly because my parents really taught me, you know, as a, as a kid, I, if I wanted something, I'd earn it. Right. And, and, and I didn't have a lot of handouts and I think that was really solid you know, parenting strategy, you know, from my parents, because it, it really made me conscious about how much money actually costs and, you know, shit's expensive and, and everything has a price and everything has trade-offs and especially college too. It's like, dude, get your fucking scholarship if you, if you want to do this. Right. And, you know, I never have, I never have the expectation that I'll get any handouts of any certain type. And, and that's really, helps me with the perseverance of saying, you know, fuck it, I'm going to make this work no matter how many hours I have to put in, no matter, you know, I, I just have to work fucking hard if I want to do absolutely anything. So moving forward, I ended up um, doing a lot of research on boot camps. And I, I mentioned this before where there's multiple avenues to get into computer science. You have the self-taught, you have the college, um, and then you have the boot camp. Kind of going through the the roadways because i think there's a lot of misinformation and i think it's very intentional by colleges um and there's a lot of scams and and you know a lot of bad public media for, <laughs> for a lot of stuff because colleges just want to save their ass but the most generic cookie cutter layout for a software engineering um career through college is Obviously, you have your two years of whatever. You know, I, I always recommend do community college for two years and transfer. You are not going to miss a single fucking thing. You are not going to do anything till your third and fourth year, maybe even fifth of college. And the first two years are going to be anthropology, calculus, fucking uh, public speaking, government, you know, just stuff that why the fuck do you need to go to Harvard for that type of shit if that's not even remotely relevant to your career and you're saving over 50,000, if not over a hundred thousand dollars. And that's a whole nother fucking thing. Um, and that just grows the more you can't pay off. Of it. But moving into, I think it's, it's mostly like the summer of your, your post junior year. Um, you're able to get internships and internships is basically 
It's it's a paid internship. Like let's say you get a paid internship at Google, it's like forty dollars an hour part time. And the, with internships, what's really cool is you can get invited back again. And a lot of the time, that's how people get hired by getting promoted from internship to a full time position once their internship actually is terminated. And usually those are just like summer jobs or stuff like that. Um, and and I've, I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm sure there's some you know thing where you get college credits for. For working in that but that's really cool that you're able to have that opportunity and a lot of colleges have exclusive um people with you know airbnb google twitter facebook whatever um and and that's very admirable if you want to go down that route they're very similar to a uh junior dev so the career positions is kind of confusing for software engineering so there's a uh, I I'm I'm not gonna go through like the whatever it, I'm just gonna say a software engineer is a is a web dev right so I'm just gonna say you are a fucking developer you are a software developer so there is a entry level software developer or software engineer um, and there's kind of three titles that you can four titles actually that you can have um, generically so there's a software engineer which is if you're in web, it's a, it's the same thing as a full stack basically. So uh, what, what a tech stack is, is the different technologies that you use to make a program. So a very popular one for JavaScript is called, and then the one that I'm most proficient in is called the Mern, Mern stack, Mern stack, um, which is a, uh, acronym, acronym, I think acronym. It, it basically means MongoDB, which is your database, which Mongo is great. It's an alternative to SQL. Um, I'm not going to get into the technical details, but it's a uh, NoSQL database um, that allows you to directly work with documents and documents being JSON formatted, um, JavaScript objects, which is really easy to, you know, take whatever data that you're actually getting and not have to compute that at all. And you can just get that, just push that directly to your database and get that same data directly back. Um, which is amazing. And I, I, I really like Mongo. It's, it's technically not as fast. Uh, well, it, th there's different use cases, but it's not as fast as SQL in most cases, but it's a lot more easy and it, it makes your life a lot easier and, and, uh, scaling it is extremely easy. Um, which is what I love about it, you know, as opposed to SQL where scaling it is a little harder. A lot of big companies end up using uh, MongoDB, but some people use, use multiple ones. Moving to the next one, there's Express. Express Express.js is a JavaScript library that's mostly used in the backend. And this is where your um, API server is going to be. So you're just creating a server. This is where the kind of logic and kind of a, a very, very high level understanding of the tech stack is front end is whatever the user sees. So whether that's a client you know, like a web client, or if it is a website or anything, it doesn't matter. Basically it's going to be HTML, CSS, maybe some vanilla JavaScript, maybe, you know, some jQuery if you hate yourself, but most likely you're going to be using a web framework or a web library. The most popular ones right now are React, which is what I'm most proficient in. It's created by Facebook. It's really fucking cool. It's, it's, I'm not going to get into the details of it. It's really fucking cool. There's also Angular. Angular is uh, made by Google. I'm, I haven't really used it that much. I've heard some bad things and I've heard some good things. The other one is Vue, V-U-E, not a hundred percent sure who creates it, but it's more templated base. Speaking of templated base, there's also Ember. Ember is one of the big ones, but I, I would say definitely there's the big three, which is React, Angular, and Vue. Um, there's also like other stuff, like if you're not using JavaScript, you know, you can do Ruby, um, but I'm just not going to talk about that. You can use like Django and Flask too, which is Python, but I'm just gonna, I, I'm comfortable with JavaScript. So I'm going to keep to JavaScript, but, uh, fun fact, uh, the League of Legends client is built in Ember. If you did not know, <laughs> uh, and most websites nowadays are built, you know, with the big three. Um, and that is your front end. So if you're a front end engineer, you are using those and you're querying APIs to get data. So whether that's, you know, let's say that there's a weather API, which is basically all an API is just a server that gives and receives data. I think that's like the most high level. So you can ask a server, Hey, here is this information that I'm giving you. Can you compute something based on this information and return something that's cool? 
that's extremely high level, but you know, a, a big thing is so authentication for front end, uh, you're usually going to be using like a third party thing, whether that's Firebase, uh, which is Google, um, or there's like OAuth, which is also Google, but it's a little different. And then, the, you know, there's Auth0, I think it is, uh, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure, but for those you're taking in the username and password and you're never actually saving the password. But um, what you're doing is you're sending that uh, over to the API and the API is checking. I, I <laughs> the, the whole idea of how passwords are secured is really fucking cool. Um, I'm not gonna go into it, but I'd really like, you know, if, if you're interested at all, to look up uh, password hashing and salting, like table salt. Um, it's really interesting and really cool of how they actually end up saving that stuff with making you know, your password's still secure. Um, and so, so that's really cool. But, you know, go, going, going forward a little bit is, you know, the backend server you have, um, which is what I said, where you have like get requests, which is cert clients wanting to get specific information, whether that's, I, you know, I created a recipe app. And so that recipe app I am getting from the Edamom API, they're giving me a list uh, of, you know, all these recipes with just like a, vomit of data and through that data I can parse through or you know just pick and piece through whatever uh, is relevant in this uh, specific problem and those endpoints are created through there's a couple things there's GraphQL and stuff but fuck that shit uh, that's not as popular but it's going to be more popular but you know for all intents and purposes right now you have express plus node um, I'm pretty sure Express is built off of Node. I they're kind of they're very similar, um, and you use them kind of together through your backend server. Basically, the whole idea of a backend server is you're creating those API endpoints, and then you're communicating with your database. If you're using a database, you're communicating with your database and manipulating data based on that. You know, you can post data, which basically just means the client is uploading data. So maybe that's a new uh, picture that they have for their profile picture, or if it's an updated username or stuff like that. There's also other stuff like, um, put, uh, delete stuff. Other, I mean, they're the, the big two ones are get and post. And you, I mean, you can look those up that it's basically just like uh, HTTP requests. <laughs> Speaking of which kind of, kind of going through the idea of, you know, fun projects that you guys can do if you want. I created this uh, Tinder bot. I was really fucking high and I pretty, I, I, I did a very archaic version of this in Python um, about a year ago where I basically just made a program where it opens, it opens a web page and just clicks like on uh, Tinder until you run out of uh, likes to do anymore, which I found out is about a hundred. And then it closes everything once it reaches that threshold. But I found a way cooler way to do it, and that is through HTTP requests. So if you remember before how I said like open F12 and, <laughs> and you can see all this like smorgasbord of information, if you click on network up there, you're able to see like, like and then you go to like any page, you're able to see like all of this information. And if you click on one, you're able to see like the status code, what request it was, what the URL they're requesting for. You can see like your um, authentication so that the server knows who is sending it. So I, I had this idea of like, well, let's see if there's like an API or something where, uh, or if there's like a library that already does this for me, there's nothing. So I was like, well, time to get a little hacky. So, <laughs> um, what I was able to do is I was able to log into Tinder and I was able to see and, and I'll, I'll give you all the information if, if anyone wants to replicate it. I, I also have it on my GitHub. Um, Y'all can fucking email me, shitsweirdman at gmail.com if you want to get that link. But uh, basically what I found out is there is a uh, little tab um, that is core env, I think. And basically what that does is that is giving you the list of people. So what it's basically saying is get me this list of people and then it's sending in your authentication token, which is what gets when you're logged in. So it gives you like basically something that tells the server, hey, this is who I'm talking about. So if you give that information to the server, then 
they think that you're just a browser, right? And so they're gonna give you a list back of all these people. Then I was able to find, okay, so now I have all these people. What happens when I like someone? So I was able to like someone. And then at the very bottom, I was able to see this new post request go out of like, and I was like, okay. So I found, I found the URL from the core whatever, and I found the URL from the like. And what I was able to do is I was able to, what was cool too is they actually give you back something called likes, likes remaining. So it made it a little easier. But basically what I did was I created a program that queried the server and got a list back of people. And inside of that list, they have the ID. With those IDs for each of those people, I was able to send a like request um, and just appending, like adding to the end um, their ID. So it was basically, <laughs> I think in a click of a button in 10 seconds, it would like a hundred people, which is, <laughs> which is, which is funny. And like I mentioned before, uh, all it really taught me is there's a lot of ugly people who like me and I'm not trying to be rude. That's just how it is. Not my type. Uh, but you know, that that's that, but that's, that's kind of a fun if, if anything gets you excited about any of that, I really highly recommend, you know, checking out computer science. It's, it's so much fun and it's so rewarding to learn. Um, but kind of, <laughs> kind of going back to, uh, I guess what I'm saying before, which is, you know, the CS career, I did a lot of research of definitely the multiple avenues. And I told you about kind of what happens at college where you get the internship and that transfers into a um, full ass, you know, whatever, once you have your bachelor's of computer science or if you get your master's or PhD, but you know, honestly, you don't really need those. I, I mean, honestly, don't get your, don't get your PhD or master's for computer science. It, it helps you a little bit, but experience is what really gives you the big bucks, not necessarily your college education, because a lot of people don't actually give a fuck about your college education. Um, then there's the other route, which is self-taught, which is Jesus Christ, which basically there there's, so there's two types of resumes for most people. There is your professional resume and then there is your project resume. So a software engineering technical resume, basically all it is, is a portfolio of your project. So think of it the same as like, if you're trying to get an internship at like an art, you know, place or a, a fashion design where you you're basically showing them, hey, this is what I can do, and and you're just saying like, hey, this is what I this is what I know, this is what I do, whatever, and with that they're able to say, okay, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, um, and you're able to if you get to the point where you're very competent and the self taught is you are building project after project after project learning everything you can. If any of you guys are interested, there is uh, CS50, Harvard. There is Udemy, which is not free, but Harvard, the CS50, it's on YouTube. It's literally the Harvard computer science course for free on YouTube. So if that interests you, fucking do it. There is also App Academy, which I actually ended up getting into as well, but I chose Hack Reactor for um, reasons such as it was cheaper, it was a tech stack that I preferred, and it was a month shorter, um, and it was a little bit more grueling, which is what I like. I like super high, you know, fast-paced stuff. Um, so that's why I chose that. But they actually put their entire curriculum for free, the exact same. So I really hi highly recommend if you're looking to get into the field, do CS50, do uh, Codecademy, which is like teaching your code. A lot of people might know what that is. Um, do that, do Codecademy, do uh, freebootcamp.com, get some certifications if you want, do um, the App Academy course and just build as many projects as you can and get as far as you can before you're like, okay, I need additional help. And if you have additional help, um, what I highly, highly, highly recommend is check out a bootcamp and make sure you do your research. I mean, I looked into... I, I mean, I, I maybe did like two months worth of research of like understanding every single thing that I need to do, making sure that I'm not getting ripped off. Um, and I mentioned the boot camps before, and I'm not really going to go too much in depth with them. Um, but basically, they're just your, you know, three to six months of just hardcore coding, nine to five, or, uh, you know, mine was uh, 
9 to 8 p.m. But I was able to, you know, pick it up pretty fast. So I basically just worked like 9 to 5, like breaks and stuff like that. Um, and it honestly wasn't as bad because I had that prior knowledge. And that's why I highly recommend going into it when you have a solid fundamentals of your basic, basic algorithms, basic sorting algorithms, basic data structures, um, array manipulation, string manipulation, and just knowing your, you know, a basic object oriented programming, start with C++, start with Java, start with C sharp. Just please just don't start with Python is fine. I just personally don't like it. But if you start with Python, you're going to have a lot of problems because it's a scripted language instead of an object oriented programming language. And I really highly recommend everyone to learn an object oriented programming language. And I'm not going to explain what that means, but just fucking look it up if you're interested of scripted languages versus object oriented programming language. But that's besides the point. Basically, I, I went through and I loved it. And I, I, I went from March 2021 till, uh, uh, June 4th, 2021. And so in that short amount of three months time, I, I mean, I built the coolest shit. You know, my resume is actually like really fucking cool. And I, I built a lot of really nice things that I'm extremely proud of. And I was able to leverage that to, you know, I, I've, I've taken on, I've denied a lot of interviews, but I've gotten to third stage at three companies, two of them, uh, one, one company, they actually ended up, they, they liked me so much that they gave me an open invitation to, you know, uh, reapply six months down. They're like, please, please, please reapply if you need a job, but I doubt that you need a job. Um, and they were so cool about it. The only reason I didn't get hired is they just straight up did not have the time to train me because they were so small. Um, and then this other company, they hired a person for my position halfway through my interview, which sucked, but they wanted me a lot too. Um, so they offered me to interview for another position, but it wasn't really something that I was interested in. So unfortunately, even though the team was super cool and I was super stoked to join them, it just didn't really work out. And so that's fine. And, and, and I'm, I'm way more stoked on the current company that I'm interviewing for. They're so fucking cool. And so I'm, I'm super excited about that. But kind of going through, you have your projects and, and that's the main majority of your resume is your project section because that's the main part that anyone really fucking cares about. No one's gonna really look at what college you went to. They're gonna say, is this something that we can utilize? Is this something that's cool? And for project-based stuff, if you're, if you're looking to build stuff, I really recommend doing something do a single page application with no backend using an API and use something like React uh, and then like Bootstrap and, and stuff like that to make it just look pretty. Be simple, be concise, and just do a single page application. Another one, do a full stack application with a backend uh, system. Uh, make sure that you have your API ports open, maybe do some authentication, whatever, stuff like that. Just look up every single thing that I just said and go that way. Highly, dude. Anyone can code. It is so fun. Just, I mean, honestly, every single person listening, just give it an hour, give it a day of just like, just try something. It's really fun. And it, it, it is a really high learning curve. Everything builds on top of each other and you can do some really fucking cool things. And it's so rewarding to get into this field. And I, you know, I highly recommend it, but you know, going forward through the interview process, which is also a lot different than traditional jobs where the, the majority of the interview is actually a quiz. And what I mean by a quiz is so, so let's say you apply on AngelList, they accept your application. They send up a, you know, a coding problem, which is, I don't, I, you know, some people do pre-screening coding problems, which basically means that you have X amount of hours to create a project based on their, you know, specifications, or you'll, you'll do like an online assessment, which is just like basic algorithmic problems using like leak code or hacker rank or stuff like that, which is like string, like, you know, find if two of these words are anagrams of each other, find, you know, all of the adjacent islands or, you know, whatever the fuck. And they, and they get absolutely insane. Some companies do that. Some companies don't. A lot of companies, what they'll do is they'll just have an initial 
pre-screening or like a first round interview is really just your background. So literally what I said about my background, getting from childhood, my you know interest of programming and then actually going into and, and describing the projects that I later go on and you know just basic behavioral, what's your salary range. By the way, never give them a number, ask them what their budget is immediately. If they give you a budget, say that works perfect. Or if they don't give you a budget, give them like a range of like, yeah, so I'll do like uh, 60,000 to 120,000. <laughs> Just you know, give them kind of be a dick about it. I mean, don't, don't be a dick about it. But if they're if they're not going to give you uh, their budget for that, that's a huge red flag because they're going to try to lowball you. Basically, salary requirements is is this guy full of himself? Like, I'm not going to pay this dude like $140,000 at a startup, right? When the budgeted position is 80 to 100. And, and I'm talking about like large numbers, but this is like the average in Silicon Valley is like 120 salary for a software engineering position for like a mid-sized level company. Um, and so like 80 is on the lower, <laughs> I'm just going to put it in like class. So like lower middle class of a software engineer 60 is like you're just starting out and you know you're really 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 newbie and you know really green and and you got lowballed so moving on to the second uh round interview and this is your technical interview what this consists of is similar to the technical assessment you have basically one of the engineers sitting over your shoulder via zoom and they're just like seeing your screen or you're on like a shared you know text editor or whatever and they'll give you a problem and you basically just verbalize you solving this issue and and testing you know whatever input they give you and really just making sure that you it's more about your problem solving process and your communication and that's why i'm i'm pretty decent at them because i have a pretty good fundamental basis for you know algorithm and stuff like that on top of i'm very good at articulating you know what's going through my head at that specific moment I, so I had that, like I said, I had that last Monday with a super cool guy. And then Friday he got back to me and was like, Hey, we liked you. You're going to move to the third round interview. And I just love how they're being super transparent about it. He's like, there's going to be two hour long technical interviews and then four 30 minute or two 30 minute. I'm not a hundred percent of just like meeting with the team. He sent me this whole like an itinerary, but it's like from one to four. You know, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm also excited. You know, technical interviews is the most nerve wracking thing that you'll ever do inside of like a programming interview basis, <laughs> just because it's so high pressure and you're, 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 you're having to get past your nerves and talk and explain and solve this pretty difficult problem. You know, especially if you look up like Google interview, I'm not like doing Google interviews. That sounds like fucking hell. Like their, their fucking questions that they have to do is fucking bonkers. I, people are way too smart and people literally study months and months and months just to be able to pass the interview for these big, you know, companies. But for more startups, you're not going to have these insane, you know, coding problems. Moving forward after that, then you're going to be able to get your offer. That's when you do your negotiation, what, whatever, whatnot. And for this current position, I'm interviewing for a mid-level engineer, which is like fucking awesome. Kind of, <laughs> well, I got really off, off topic, but going back to the, the levels. So you have a, like I said, you have software engineer or full stack. Full stack means front end and back end. Like I explained before what front end and back end is. And those are kind of the four what you're going to be able to have, but they, they're pretty much equivalent of each other. So if you're back an engineer for a year, you can be qualified for a front engineer for a year. Um, if you're a full stack, you can obviously be both because you do both. Then there's entry level slash intern level. Then there's mid level. Then there's senior level. Then there's staff. Then there is uh, associate and uh, I don't know. There, there's a lot of stuff and you just get paid stupid amount. I think it's salary.com or something like that. Um, you can actually see the salary level in like something like Google or Amazon and, and they do like levels. So you have like an L1 engineer, L3, L2 stat. And there's like 10 levels until you're like a Google fellow, I think is the, is the max. And those people are making like 800,000 a year, which is like well, it's 800,000 total compensation, which means you have a base salary of probably around 300,000 and then just a shit ton of stock and a massive bonus. Talking about big numbers. 
but, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm super excited to start, start this whole basis and kind of what I'm trying to say, and I'm not, I'm not trying to trust me. I, I feel like I come off like I'm bragging a lot, but I trust me, I'm really not. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage to say, you do not need college. I didn't need college. Not a lot of people actually need college. You know, kind of going back to, I was talking to my friend earlier, and if you're ever questioning what you want to do, ask yourself, what am I passionate about? What am I passionate about? Because you can make money in almost anything. So ask yourself, what do I love doing? Like, what what do I do in my free time? That's what to really ask you. And, and not like, oh, I play video games. No, because if you want to be a web, if you want to be a game dev, bro, holy shit, you're working slave labor. Oh my God. They are underpaid. They're working 80 hour work weeks. They're like, oh, it is fucking awful. They're on crunch. They're it's, it's disgusting. It's despicable of what these companies are, are doing to their people, especially there is like some, uh, like cyberpunk 2020, 2099 or whatever. They had a, they went under a lot of flack. The people who did the Witcher, uh, I think it's the same people. They, they were under a lot of flack for overworking their, their whatever. What you're doing that is productive, whether it's painting, whether it's making music, whether, you know, you want to do a podcast, whether you want to do YouTube, whether it's, you like Photoshop, whether you want to be, I mean, let's say the video game, you want to be a Twitch streamer, do it, just start just start when it doesn't matter right now just start i feel like so many people are are contemplating like oh well it's not right to do it yet or i want to wait or whatever just start it tomorrow today whatever just start it it doesn't matter and it's gonna suck for so long it's gonna suck it is gonna be terrible for so long just keep doing it it's gonna get better it's gonna get better it's gonna get better anyways i digress Find something that you love, love, love doing that you would take a significantly small salary just to do it. I would do, dude, honestly, if it wasn't a high paying position, I would do it for not minimum wage, but I do it for like 18 an hour. I do it for 16 an hour. I, I would do it for that small amount because I love it. It's so fun. You know, eight hours can go by and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that, bro. Like I... I was coding something and I, I pulled two 13 hour days in a row. I was having a blast on my Instagram. I literally have a post of me just like eyes bloodshot. Just why the fuck isn't this working? Just pain, but it's so fun. It's so frustrating, but it's so fun. It's, it's the, it's the best feeling in the world when you complete a bug or when you, you know, solve something that you were stuck on for so long and you're just like, uh, please work you're just at your wits fucking end but you know kind of you know going back just find something that you love and from there not everyone's going to be good at something that they love not everything is going to be able to be making money at something they love so find the pivot point find whatever adjacent thing that you love to do is so let's say you love esports let's say you know do something like that or you love, you know, sports or something like that. Look up uh, esports entertainment. See if you can be an analyst. See if you can be a coach. See if you can be something like that, right? Maybe more on the org side if, if you don't have the proficiency to play. So in League of Legends, let's say you're not a challenger player, but you're a diamond, high diamond player who, you know, studies a lot about the game and you can qualify to be an analyst or a coach or something like that. Or, you know, something like Jat and... and uh, Rivington the third and stuff like that. You can be a caster. You can be a color caster, which is like the play by play, or you can be an analytic, wait, color caster. It's one of the two. Uh, there's like a play by play caster. And then, uh, another caster who, uh, is like the, the fundamental, like gameplay more smart about the game instead of just like the play by play. That is an avenue that you can go down and that's not necessarily conventional, but that is a journalism avenue right? That is a uh, TV entertainer avenue. It's possible. Let's, let's say you like doing sculptures or whatever. You can go into a trade where let's say you do a, a high level um, or like super, super high end stuff and you learn uh, electrician stuff. 
you learn, um, you know, uh, stuff like that where you can make it so it's not necessarily you're just sculpting, sculpting shit, but you're making stuff. You're Maybe you go for more of the engineering route where you make it, you know, more robotically moving and stuff like that. There's so many avenues that you can find and just, just look at whatever you're passionate about. Look at what is the adjacent version of that and then just see how to do it and see what is the ways to get there because there's always always multiple ways to get there. There's always multiple ways to get there. Dude, if you like cars, become a fucking mechanic. They make good money. Transition that later into opening your own business. I mean, one of my best friends, Dakari, he wanted to become a locksmith because he wanted to entrepreneurially create his own fucking... Dude, his story. Oh my God, I'll have to have him on one day. His story is insane. Dude, he went from apprenticeship to master locksmith at his first fucking job just because they liked, they literally told him in his interview, you know, normally we hire this position with people with 10 years of experience, but I like you. So I'm going to give you this. And it was like, what? But you know, he, he has that drive of, he's like, dude, I, I'm going to, dude, he saved so much money. He doesn't spend, like, he's very, very intelligent with that. He's like, I want to get a vacation rental property. I want to, you know, own my own house. I want to, you know, house hack. I want to create my own trade. But what he was able to say is, dude, three weeks in DC paying, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And then you have a locksmith certification and you can get into a position with, you know, I think he makes like 55 K a year, which is awesome because he's been, he's been doing that since he was, uh, I think 19, he might've been 20 where he's like literally two weeks older than me. Very old man, but <laughs> he was fuck around where he's like, dude, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll learn this when you're, when you're a little older, <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he was able to take that and save that money. And so most people living off 55 K will have a lot less money than him because he doesn't spend his money. He's very smart with it. He's very frugal with it. He said, I want to have businesses. I want to own businesses. I want to have investments. And he was like, I don't really want to do anything in college. I think locksmithing is interesting. It's good for money. And that's what he was able to do. And he was able to fuel his actual passion with just a day job. And that is super doable for a lot of people. So if you're not necessarily passionate about anything, you can always go back to college. I, I mentioned this before, but if you really, really want to get into college for software engineering, uh, you can get corporate sponsorships to go back to college and they'll pay for your tuition. They'll give you thousands of dollars to go to school. So don't waste your money if you can get to that position just to go back. You can always go back. Is it gonna suck? Yeah. Are you gonna get into debt? Yeah. Is it gonna be fucking hard? Yeah. But if you really want it, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. You have to do it. You have to do something that you are proud of, that you love doing day in, day out, that you're excited about. You have to be excited. And if you're not, just figure out something that you are about, you know? If you can avoid college and it's not going to be a detriment to your future, avoid it. Because here's the thing with me, I'm 20 years old starting at a mid-level position. Let's say, you know, I get this. I'm starting at a mid-level position. Most people don't graduate college and get their first job at around, I think it's 23, I think, for like computer science is like 23 years. And in three years, I can be a senior dev. Senior devs make a lot more than a junior dev. Plus, I don't have student debt. Plus I'm able to have more experience at a, at a younger age and do more and save up more money because I'm also not having those student loans. I'm also being able to say, dude, I pay uh, $500 a month for rent. I pay $300 to drive my uh, electric car, which I don't pay gas for. Dude, I, I lived off of $12 an hour full time. Um, so now that I am going to live off of $40 an hour, I'm able to save a lot more money than someone who is 23 having to get their own apartment and, you know, having student loans and having to pay for their own, own insurance and all this stuff that is just 
monumental. And, and now that I'm at this age, I don't have to pay for that stuff. And I, that can just go straight into an IRA. A, dude, that is the biggest thing too about a fucking IRA. If you guys don't have a Roth IRA, get one. Three years of, you know, doing this money and putting it into an IRA. When I'm a hundred, well, not when I'm a hundred, when I'm retired, that's like multi, multi, multi thousand dollars, if not hundred thousand dollars. If you start at this age, it is insane just because it's compounding interest and it's tax-free once you take it out. If you do a Roth IRA, if you do like a 401k or an IRA, I don't know as much as how they work, but I know one, you get it taxed at the end and the other one, you get it taxed when you put in. I recommend getting the, if, if you're young, getting the one where you get taxed before you put it in. Um, I think that's a lot more smart, but you know, if you have like 401k matching, max it out max out your ira every single year if if you can obviously if, if you don't have the money do not do it do not do it don't waste your money on stocks don't waste your money on fucking lotto tickets don't waste your money on having a kid if you're able to do the ira do the ira and and live frugal spend only if you want if you actually have to spend it or if it actually you know matters that you want it that bad and and sleep on a decision sleep on you know for for me i'm very simple i like food skateboarding skateboarding is expensive because i fucking burn through shoes i burn through boards but it's my gym membership but it's my entertainment membership but it's my mental health membership so i'm able to justify that spending because one i can afford it because I don't spend my money on anything else. And two, it's supplementing for other stuff and it's 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 making me productive and it's it's giving me an outlet, it's giving me a place to vent. It's it's fantastic. And I, I if you can get into skating, I really recommend it. I really recommend it. It's it's amazing. And it's going to suck for so long, but the moment you pop that first ollie, oh my fucking god, dude. The moment that I had four wheels off the ground, Dude, they were centimeters off the ground. But the moment I zoomed in on my phone and saw four wheels off the ground, I damn near cried. It is beautiful. Landing their first tray. I, I yesterday and, and, and today I'm, I'm really hoping that I can get a double kickflip off of a, off of a three stair because I, I, I'm really close to getting off the hip. Um, and yesterday I went through and skated this three stair for like 15 minutes. I think I landed. I, I did like 20... 20 or like 20 yeah probably around 20 attempts in like 10 or like 15 minutes it was probably like 10 minutes honestly it wasn't a lot of times but i landed most of them and and a lot of them were clean and i, I i'm glad that i finally have my fucking kick flips back but i'm gonna see if i can get a double flip off of that because it's super cool and i'm i'm, I'm having them i'm not having them consistently but i can get the full rotation i can get a triple flip rotation and like catch it with one foot but i think that if i have that extra air time that it's gonna really help me a lot and doing stuff off the hip is actually, it, it's really weird. And I, I prefer sending stuff off stairs and, and that's just like other stuff. But I think it's amazing. It's, it's a great outlet. And what's really cool about it is like for running for me, I cannot for the life of me run. Not because I can't, like I can run a, I can run a mile, like just because I skate so much that I have like good endurance now, but I just get so fucking bored. And when I'm bored, I feel the tired. With skating, you're focusing on doing the trick. And so at the end, you're burning 800 calories over two hours, but like you're not tired until you stop. You're not. You're not sore until you stop. My legs are fucking dead right now. Do you think they were dead yesterday? Hell fucking no. I woke up and I'm like, shit, I am in fucking pain. But it's so much fun because I'm able to eat you know, a lot of food, I'm able to eat what I want because I'm, I'm supplementing that with working out a shit ton and it doesn't feel like working out, which is what I love. You know, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to close it off, uh, here, but what I want to say is there's so many avenues to make money. There's so many avenues to, to get your career started, dude, even comedy, just to have a day job and do stand up, do it. It's going to suck. If there's any creative outlet, especially if you're in high school, especially if you have like a day job or if you're in college, just fucking do something. 
Take an hour out of your day to do something. Make a YouTube video. Make a Twitch channel. Stream for three hours a night or whatever. You're going to have two viewers. Promote it. Make a fucking podcast. I'm doing this because I'm bored. I'm sitting at home all day waiting to get a job. So might as fucking well. All right. Do I do it every day? Hell no. But I'm able to just say, fuck it, turn it on and just talk. Just just do it and, and just get to where, start on a topic and end who fucking knows what. You know, this, this, this episode, I actually have it written down in my notes. And this is kind of the idea behind it is give me a topic and I will not stick to it. I was going to talk about bisexual rights. I was going to talk about masculinity. I, I guess this is a good, this is a good part to put in a quote that I really wanted to put in. I found this quote and, and this is kind of goes out to people who are, are, have been confused about their sexuality or, you know, I, I think even, even to, to straight people or people who grew up in like a Christian household, um, especially, you know, kind of the idea of getting guilt for, you know, finding a guy attractive or, or finding something homoerotic or whatever the fuck because there is that guilt and it's, it's, it's just something that happens and a lot of people beat themselves up for it and hate themselves over it. But this is, this is the quote. It's easy to think you're straight. You just have to ignore everything that isn't. That was out of a Marvel comic book, um, for like some LGBT, whatever bullshit. But I think, I think it's so important to say you're, you're, you're This is, this is definitely for (laughs) bisexuality especially bisexual men, because I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to like trivialize the, the coming out or whatever for bisexual women, but I think there's definitely way, way less of a stigma towards bisexual girls than bisexual guys. I mean, I personally just promote it on my Tinder and stuff like that, because I'm the type of person where if you don't like every single part of me, fuck off. Like I, I don't have time to like be judged or whatever. So off the bat, dude, I'm fucking bisexual. If you have a problem with that, you're fucking fuck off. Like I don't want to date someone who's homophobic, right? I mean, my fucking ex who is bisexual was homophobic versus bisexual guys. <laughs> I was still in the closet, but it was just like, what the fuck? But you know, I think it, it definitely comes down to like during the AIDS epidemic where People just thought, you know, bisexuals, they're the super spreaders between whatever and, you know, whatever. But I think it's really important that really resonated with me of the idea of like, well, I'm attracted to girls, but there's still that part of me. And I would say I'm still mostly straight, but I'm not going to ignore, you know, I, by the way, when I say mostly straight, I mean, like I'm, I'm primarily attracted to, to women, but there's still that part of me that is still I'm, I have that attraction to guys and I have that, you know, romantic and sexual attraction, but to a lesser degree in a lot of cases, but it's more of a person on person basis. I care about more of like the personality of them, um, than necessarily like what the fuck you have under your pants. Cause I don't think that's super important. Um, but the whole idea of convincing yourself you're straight by ignoring the, the gay is very important because there's it's confusing because you're, you're like, well, I mean, I mean, even with me, I, 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 I feel bad. Like, Oh, you know, am I just faking my bisexuality or am I actually straight or am I actually gay or am I actually, you know, whatever. And then at a certain time you just have to realize like, no, bro, like this is happened since you were a fucking kid. This is just what it is. And for so long I was able to say, you know, ignore that homophobic, you know, whatever, um, and just focus on the straight, but now I'm just like, eh, fuck it, you know, li- live your life how you want to live it, but I-, I just wanted to end it on that, that quote, but kind of just, just live your life, and, and life's too short, and the whole idea that I want to promote is life doesn't matter, do whatever the fuck you want, live your life, kings, queens, and everything in between, and have fun, be kind to yourself, and live your life the way you want to live it, and goodbye.